Honey, come on. Dane Cook, pay-per-view, 20 minutes. Let's go. If it was illegal to say stupid things into a microphone. Why must you be so stupid? These guys would be doing life without parole. Hey, everybody, we're back from prison. Why do we keep encouraging this kind of behavior? It's the Breaking the Ice podcast with Josh Dolan. You know, we could, like, go to jail for this. Along with Mike Shue and Isaiah Moscahanna Bonsa Mana Blitz Boskowitz. Whatever the hell his name is. Oh shit! We just we just got zoom bombed by a guy. Wait, I don't who know. Who fuck is this? I don't know. He's wearing a sleeveless shirt, but he's I, I don't know. Josh, who the Look fuck the are guns. you inviting on the, the gun show? show? Take me to the gun show, Dane. Looks like one of those Arlington kids. Am I allowed to? Am I allowed to talk at this point? I thought I was oh, still yeah. being ghosted. Oh, there I thought, I was, listen, being, listen. I thought I was being ghosted by your breaking news. No, we just we we just fucking babble on. This is how the show starts. So do you, you're you're considered a Zoom bomber on the show, Dave. Boom. <laughs> well, I put. You know what? Here's the way we we do things tech wise. Now I put you guys on my live TikTok. So how's that go? Do oh, it God. right now. Go. It's on. We're all on together now. It's simple. Oh my God. Really? <laughs> now, hey. So so can we swear? Or is this a kids show? I mean, what's the deal? Is, is it a kids show? Is it a kids show? I'm fifty. What are you talking about? Is this <laughs> oh, a fifty. Wow. Yeah. I'm Join sponsored the- by PBS now is uh, basically how I'm. <laughs> Have you gotten your AARP flyers in the mail yet? Are they begging you to join? Because when I turned like 45, they were already on my ass sending me the magazine and coupons. And I haven't gotten that, but I'm actually getting a colonoscopy as we speak. Oh, oh nice. Wow. That's why you're drinking that fucking awful, awful fluid right there. <laughs> Clean out your asshole. <laughs> wow, 50, man. Congratulations. You're welcome to the club. Except I made it. Oh my goodness! Josh. Yeah, I went back. Oh, I, I did a uh, I did a gig back in Boston a few months ago with Burr, and we did a it was a remembrance for a friend of ours who sadly passed away, Wayne Previty, and we put a lineup together of basically all the cronies that we started our you know career with. I'm in 31 years. I think Burr's around 30, and all 12 guys on the lineup were bald except for me. So I'm <laughs> yeah. the winner of hair. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Like Bill Burr, Bob Kelly, everyone's just old. Yeah, Yeah. old skinhead. That's it happens to it it happens to some of us, Dane. You know, it happens to some of us, and uh, I blame my children. (laughs) Oh, is that the key? Well, I just have one child, but one child can do this to you. Definitely. I think I I think the hair loss might, if if you're losing your hair too, shoe, it could be the water in Worcester because I know you guys did uh, a lot of gigs at uh, the Aku there, so maybe it's. Maybe it's up in the water in Worcester. Dane, last time we talked, we talked about you doing a gig, at, I think, at the the old Aku in Worcester. That's right. Too. Yeah. That's and right. Then, they, had yeah. This, they had the sit-down Miss Pac-Man cocktail table version. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, I would, and I would sit out there in between, you know, gigs with whatever, 30 people, hopefully. And I would eat. They'd pay me in wings, basically. And I'd just play that Miss Pac-Man and wait for my next gig where I hoped I wouldn't bomb. Wait, wait. Are you still getting paid in wings? Things have changed a little bit. A little bit, <laughs> just a little. <laughs> Since those early days. <laughs> now I just get, you know what? Now they pay me in flats only. I, that's that's where I've gotten to. Listen, it's all about priorities. Whatever the fuck you need, we'll pay you. Just get up there and be funny, right? <laughs> I mean, no no bullshit. I remember playing like the Bill Rick and 99s back in 92. Oh, yeah. And they used to pay me. 15 bucks and i would stop at the burlington middlesex turnpike burger king and i was like 
I fucking made it. If I never go any further, these dick jokes just got me two burgers. <laughs> so is, it burger uh, is it still true that when the Red Sox win, Dane Cook eats for free at the 99? Is that oh. right? Is that, is that still happen? <laughs> yeah, I but heard they, that. They capped me at 10 guests. So if you're oh. trying to tag along, it's not going to happen to you. <laughs> you, you have you have something with Burger King because fucking one of the funniest fucking things I've heard. There's a bunch of shit, dude. A big fan, but your burger, your BK Lounge fucking bit. Yeah, you still have BK on the fucking mind because you're still saying it. But the BK Lounge with you fucking working at Burger King, but calling it the BK Lounge because it was fucking cool for the girls. I I worked at that uh, bur at the Burlington near Caldor. Dude, <laughs> yeah. Okay, you fucking Caldor kid and Papa Gino's. I worked at that BK Lounge. We used to call it the BK Lounge, and that, oddly enough, the reason why that that region always pops into my mind is that's also where I pulled my car over one day. I was actually driving my mom's 1978 Lincoln Mark V Town car, and I pulled nice. her car over because it was the first day I ever played a cassette of the Jerky Boys. Oh, and I sat in front of that Burger King and I said, I hope I can do something in my life that makes people want to pull their fucking car over <laughs> and laugh. So that area and that BK lounge will always be part of my my vernacular. Dude, but the way you the way you would just describe fucking idiots that would scream into the fucking microphone or the dumb <laughs> or the dumb bitch that would just whisper her order and I just I want sauce for my pussy. Pull around, lady. Just fucking pull around. We we call her a Karen now. That's oh, that's right. That's the modern way of saying <laughs> idiot. Now, it's now, just, it's that's fucking great. Dane, I I, yeah. I don't know if I've I've heard this a few times, but would you say that you're kind of the person that started the whole Karen thing? Because in that whole fucking Brian's coming bit. Right. <laughs> I, I did SNL in what, 06. I did the opening monologue where I did a bit that might have been on retaliation about the person who can't be in the picture, who has to take the picture. And that's the friend nobody likes. It's like, we don't even need you in this photo. And I hand the the the, the pantomime, you know, camera to, to Karen. The reason I came up with that name was two reasons. Number one, there was a girl that I had a huge crush on when I worked as a dietary aide in a nursing home. And her Ooh. name was Karen. And she rejected me. And I was so bummed that I didn't get a, a shot with her. So I was, I was scorned. Oh. And... Believe it or not, it was quite simply the 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 rule of stand up, which is like certain like k sounds are funnier. <laughs> but b and k we learned early are funnier. So I knew if I said Karen, I could say here car, and I thought that was a funnier sound than another name. So did I start it? I I guess because by way of Karen was really not stupid. included, you know. Yeah. That's well, you know, at least you uh, that that girl rejected you, but at least you got some valuable insight on now that you're 50 on what you should be eating and at what time, like the applesauce at four o'clock. <laughs> you know. The pureed uh, fillet that I used to right. have to like, bl I'd blend an entire fucking sirloin. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. I just I just jotted down for notes for later on the show. Dietary aid. We'll re we'll go back to that. 
And by the way, by the way, from from my TikTok audience, I am on the Breaking the Ice podcast right now. And if you're listening and having a good time, you can find these guys. Where do they find you? You guys on uh, what's your socials? We're on um, yeah Instagram, ahead, Twitter. The Instagram is Breaking the Ice podcast. And All right, you're getting a lot of likes as you're mentioning that. We're getting a lot of uh, hearts. So oh, good. Oh, nice. Look at us helping each other out here like a fucking bunch of Boston cronies. <laughs> Dude, go to the website. Well, you're coming back. You're going to be in Boston Saturday night. And I, right. Dane, we talked, jeez, uh, a few months ago. That's right. And that was the, I think that was the f- second try at doing the sh- kind of shows you wanted to do. Now, yeah. this is, now you talked about like a multimedia. Uh, there, there was going to be a lot of uh, a lot of different, uh, I guess, uh, uh, parts, moving parts to the show. You said yeah. it was going to be completely different from the usual hour comedy special, but this time it's That's a little. Right. You're going to be doing something stripped down this time, though, right? Well, because we're going to, you know, my next special was initially going to be filmed in March of 2020 in Boston. Of course, that got paused with the world. Such a great fucking month in time. Oh man. Uh, the- <laughs> The beginning of a new era. And then, you know, the long story short, it got pushed. Uh, you know, we tried to reset it. And then it was like a new mask mandate. Whatever the the case is, I finally had to, because I wanted to get this new special out. I filmed it in LA, but we're shooting a lot of the documentary stuff that I wanted to do in Boston anyway, back there. So it's not nice. the full filming. The 300 seats we held on to, to have camera positioning we released them yesterday. So now there's like three, 350 seats. If people want to still come out to the show, one show Saturday night. Nice. Dude, how nice. do people get tickets though? So let's fill that fucking thing up. Yeah. The, the tickets are actually on my profile on Instagram, or you could just go to either Ticketmaster or Bosch, uh, Bosch center, Wang Bach, theater. Bach center. Bach yeah. Center. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah dude, Bach, awesome. Ernie Bach is basically about every building in town. <laughs> In the Northeast. So, so Ernie Bach owns Subaru of New England. So he has $42 zillion. And then he bought everything music right. because he actually does have a good, uh, a good uh, uh, foundation that supports local music. So he bought yeah, yeah. every Although, music venue in town. Those guys have been great. And that, that venue, when I played it in like 18, it was, man, it was just so bombastic. It was so Boston. It was just fucking like what you want to... Right. When you're on the road and you're like, oh, I did New York and I've done Vegas and I did, you know, there's a few places that you know you're if you're really scorching the room and then you think you've hit that height, you go to Boston and being from there and then just like the way they give it up when you're giving it, you know, giving them what they want. It's like they're the best shows that you could possibly do. So I can't wait to be coming back and doing this. Is it That's harder awesome. to, to come home and do shows? Is it harder to do shows where you're from as opposed to doing a show and you know, uh, Des Moines or LA or wherever, but it's just because you've got a history here. So does that add on to the pressure? Jeez, I, wonder, I wonder, I wonder if Des Moines is anything like Boston. Well, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to, you know, a con- set a contrast, you know, it that's, a, that's a contrast. It doesn't. Um, I think what Boston does more than anything is it's, 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 it's that stripped down. There's no, uh, how can I say this? There's always showmanship when you're performing, but then it's so much looser and it can even be more self-deprecating because they know you're a local and they know that, you know, you know the region. And 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 obviously, if you're a fan of mine for 30 years, you know that like I was playing a lot of shit gigs for a long time trying to build up that audience. The fact that you can take the piss out of yourself and they get it more than in Des Moines or somewhere else where they're just seeing you as a headliner. You go to Boston, 
they're seeing you as like, yeah, we remember when you helped you to get there. So, yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you, you, it humbles you, but you still want to fucking crush it because that's your hometown squad. I remember right. you from the 99. That's right. <laughs> I remember you from the Silver Fox and Everett. You bombed, kid. Now, Jane, um, co- coming from, I've, I've been doing stand-up since 2011. Um, okay. So a, a little less than you. Um, there, a little, just a little. I'm curious, like going. I'm, I'm a relic those, at this point. <laughs> talking about those shit gigs and then, you know, one day ending up at the TD Garden selling that out. Like right, right. what's what's the difference between the anxiety like when you first start and then once you get to that level because I I recently just experienced like a, a new anxiety that I never even like thought of where normally you go in and you're like oh my god I I hope they like me and then in in this past October I did stand up for <clears throat> excuse me um Mistress Carey um, yeah. She was doing her podcast and Drake it and I opened, but a lot of the crowd was AF fans and they were coming up to me beforehand being like, dude, you're hilarious. Like grabbing pictures with me. And then I slowly started to feel like not, are they going to like me? I was like, Oh shit. Right. They already like me. Now I, now I can't let them down. Yes. And it was right. Disappointment enters yeah. the room. Yes. But then <laughs> I, I was immediately like, stop being a pussy. Dane Cook's done this with arenas. So <laughs> if, you, if you, if it makes you feel any better there, I think there's always that element of driving by a club, no matter what level you're at. And when you see the line around the corner, there's that weird thing of like, wow, I can't believe these people they're here to see me. You know, <laughs> it, you have to almost just always get into game mode no matter what love whatever i accomplished it didn't change the fact that i just wanted to go in there prepared with the material that i thought would get somebody whether they know me or didn't right yeah Yeah. when you meet people before sometimes it takes you out of your headspace because you're like oh now they're thinking of me as just a regular guy and not like a performer so try to you know keep that little bit of mystique even though yeah there's going to be people you look out and know i think that staying away from the crowd beforehand sometimes helps you up there to to deliver at a higher caliber yeah because at my level of gigs the green room is in the crowd so (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. that's that's very similar to to the radio world i mean mike you and i did that for decades where you're not in front of people all the time you're in a room you're Mm. doing things but the reaction is phone calls the reaction is a text line but then there is reaction when you go out to do a gig or you get up on stage and introduce someone like you, Dane, or do whatever it is. Right. And then, and you, but you go to something and you're like, or you wear an AAF shirt or you wear a radio station shirt. And you're like, these fucking people are rabid fans and they like what I said, what the fuck? And it, there is, there is that moment of, cause if you get too much into it, I think you're like, it takes you, you out of it. You take, yeah. you talk too much. It might fuck you up for what you got to yeah. do. It's almost better to do that on the backside. Yeah. Like, thank, thank you. Thank you for coming. I love you. I'll see you next time. It's like, if you're around your cohorts before, I would say that that's the same as like, if you hang with your family and only your family's in that center of the crowd, then they're like, wait, you're, you're phony. You were just talking about being in a great mood and a this and this. And now you're up on stage saying like, oh, I feel shitty about, so you're in your head. The, the one key thing it takes years and years in standup to be able to get out of your own way, so to speak, get out of your head and just get up there and lean into the material 
and don't worry so much about, wait, they know me as this. You know what I mean? you got to take that out of the equation or, or else you'll start talking to that table and you'll lower your performance level because right. you're thinking, oh, they'll think I'm phony. But, you know, there, there's a little bit of showmanship that you have to put on when you're up there. Well, it's, everything's also everything's also a lot of improv. You plan a lot of things, but there's a level of improv, right? There's a level of you want to fuck around and you don't want someone to you want to be able to go and joke and not be like, wait, you seem super happy there. Why are you being a bitch over here? Because the bitch over here is making you laugh. Right. Right. And, and it's also realizing that you have to keep it. You have to have your routine and you also have to build up that organic ability to adjust to the environment because shit happens live. Right. And if you don't acknowledge it <laughs> and make it part of what's happening, then you look even more like you're a phony. You know what oh, I mean? And you, get, you, and you, get you, get you get killed by the audience too. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. And you know what? You know what kills you more than a heckle, more than a person standing up and walking out? It's just not getting that laugh that you know you oh. want to get or should get. That right. fucking that that level of pain is unbelievable. When you're like, oh man, you know what? I'm off my game now because I'm in my head and I'm not hitting those laughs, and that just makes you feel like not a comedian. I'll tell you that. Well, that's the worst reaction is no reaction. You know, right. if someone like, like I always think that, like, I, I go on, I say something, I look at the text line or I get a phone call and goes, you suck. I wish you were dead. And <laughs> I would be driving to a telephone pole, you know, stuff like that. And I'm thinking, wow, that guy, this is, this is terrible. I'm thinking, no, wait a minute. This, this he guy reacted. Took, this guy took the time to call me, you know, and that's not a lot of people, you know, and it, it, it's, it was just. So I like to think that if you get whatever reaction is whether hey, you're the best or it's like, hey, I wish, you know, you got hit by a truck. Either way, you're getting a reaction. You're getting them to do something, and to get someone to get on the phone or text or call and radio anyway. Right. You know, so like you said, like you see that these people getting up and leaving. It's like, wow, I made them leave. They paid like, <laughs> yeah. they paid like thirty bucks yeah. to you're come. Like, in I'm there. like Andy Kaufman at this. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> I'm walking the room, baby. Yeah, but you got a reaction, you know. And I always like to think like someone calls up and says, "You suck." I'm like, "Well, I just made that guy's day." I think the, I, wor early, the worst, the worst thing is nothing. Early in my career, early in my career, I did something at like a, a fucking El Torito's or some pub that it was like a pub with a comedy room. Whatever I did, it walked like 20 people. Honestly, I don't remember what I was doing, but it was just failing miserable flop sweat and 20 people left. And when I got off stage, the manager comes up and immediately he goes, I want to hire you to come back next week. <laughs> and I and I go, I go, um, you do? I said, yeah, that they was a left. Little, I, I said that was a little rough. And he goes, You sent 20 people right to the bar. <laughs> he goes, I made more money with you bombing than <laughs> so it all it all works out as long as you stay true to who it is that you uh you are. The gigs will come, they will go, but the gigs will come. So listen, That's the awesome. people that are on TikTok that are leaving right now. TikTok should be fucking happy or Twitter should be happy because they went somewhere else to some other platform. No, yes, maybe. I don't They're know. headed I to know. the bar right now. There's other clickbait <laughs> somewhere else that uh, always pulls your audience. But uh, I like to say, uh, no matter what happens, they always come back. Motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> they, they can't leave you for long. Dude, that's funny. So <laughs> how, how, how is it like, when, when was the last time you did a Boston gig? You said you came back, you did a gig with Burr for a friend of yours. So yeah, we did the Wilbur, we did the, uh, the, um, 
the Wilbur Theater. Sorry, my dogs are in a circle of life moment in the background, by the way. I know it sounds like two brown bears. Hey, guys. <laughs> That's that's the world we live in now. There could be kids screaming, bombs going off. We still do the show. We don't give a fuck. Um, so the the Wilbur gig was uh, it was, well, it was a lot of fun just being back there and celebrating our buddy. But to be on a show with Burr, you know, we you know we started in the combat zone together when we were you know you know kids. And so this is basically right there across the street. That's it. That's it. You know, we the old Nick's well Nick's comedy stop the old comedy connection that w- then went over to Faneuil Hall, Dick Doherty's comedy vault. Like we were yes. we were oh, I love the vault. just a couple of local hacks fucking running around town and so it was nice to be able to come back and commemorate for our friend and do gigs, but it made me even more enthused to come back and just I want to air out the whole route. This is the by the way, this is the last time live that I will do this hour and a half chunk. I just filmed it. We filmed the special out here about a month ago. So I laid it all down. The special looks great. I think it's I think it's one of the most beautiful comedy specials that you will ever see. Aesthetically, it's gorgeous. It's funny. But this show will be the last time I do this material. When I come back to LA, I kind of start over and I'll work on the next thing. Nice, nice. That's cool. Yeah. So I, my, my question was the last show you did was a few months ago. So coming back to this, this Saturday, how does that feel for you? Like you're from here, you're a fucking BK lounge kid. Let's go. Yeah. Like, yeah. How it, does that feel? It, uh, it, it, more than anything, every time I, every time I land and I'm back in that city and looking at that skyline, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful that I started there. I'm grateful that uh, I grew up there and then that I can come back and still participate and do shows at the level that, um, I want to do them is really, really thrilling. That's awesome. Yeah. You get to come back and you don't have to pay all the taxes and everything. So it's, it's, <laughs> well, I guess LA is not that much better either. <laughs> LA is no LA. Is what brutal. are you fucking kidding me? California is worse. LA is, yeah. is, uh, I, is I, I heard it as soon as I said it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, so what, what, what do you think about oh. um, Bill Burr playing Fenway? They say he's they say that he's going to be the first comedian to play Fenway, which is untrue because that was Bobby Valentine. But to be like to come with someone that like, you know, you came up with, you know, to, to play here. I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. Amazing. In fact, I, I, some years back, I was working with them on doing it was going to be me one night and the Eagles, I think, the next night. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. And Wait, like same a week, night or the next night, uh, I, whatever they had it set up like, oh, we have the stage for the Eagles. And we also thought it would be cool to on the night that it got set up because a comedian doesn't need all the same, you a know, microphone. roadies and all that. And unfortunately it never, you know, came to pass, even oh. though we wanted oh. to do it. So when I heard Burr swooped in there and is doing Fenway, I was like that. Well, first of all, I was like, that's fucking cool. And then part of me was like, damn it. I, why didn't I rebook that? <laughs> <laughs> you should text him and be like, I can open for you. Remember yeah, me? For <laughs> I can do a solid. I got a good five minutes. I got a good five minutes for you. I'd, I'd, I'd open. For, I'd open for him. I would do every classic bit, and then I'd walk off and go follow that motherfucker. <laughs> Dude, I swear to God, if you did that, and if you didn't do the robe bit about your dad, mm-hmm. and the quote was, "What was it? Someday this will all be yours." All be yours. And That's then right. you drop the fucking mic and go, "Up to you, bitch. I'm out." But no, I, I, I do I do want to say because we live in a world where comics love hazing each other and busting balls. <laughs> I got to I got to spend a little time, uh, like I said, with Burr, and 
to see what he accomplished. You know, I was the first one out of the graduating class to, you know, to, to, to make it. And it was almost like good and bad. They were happy for me, but then it was daunting. Like, Oh fuck. Maybe like, I just, this, maybe the, the odds now are, you know, even more against me because somebody from this area, you know, made it to this level. So to see what bird did on his own with his podcast, with obviously what he's cultivated as, as a performer and as a person, I, I couldn't be more proud in, I'll use a Fenway term. I know he's going to knock it out of the park. How do you like oh, that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Boom. That's Are you right sure over, you right didn't over. work in radio? That's a dad <laughs> joke. Dude, a dad right joke. over the green yeah. monster guy. What, we'll be right listen, back. What's, what would be like the most Boston place to do a stand-up gig? I'm thinking, yeah, Fenway is great, but. Ooh, hold is on. There oh, no, I got it. Don't answer that. Let's all, let's all think of our answers. Let's I've all think it. of our answers. Okay. Okay. All right. Most Boston place to do a stand-up gig. Okay. Hold all on. Right. And this is this is of all time. Yeah, I mean the most Boston place you could do a stand-up gig. Yeah. If you were gonna do, if you're gonna ready, let's put a pocket like this. If you're gonna do a, a show and film it, and it only is gonna air regionally, what would that Ooh. place be? That the, the that Des Moines or anywhere else would be like, why there? But <laughs> but Boston would be like. That's fucking cool. Where would that Iowa, be? Iowa keeps getting some love on this fucking show. <laughs> Dude. Hope yeah, I right. Des Moines, by the way, insurance capital of the United States. It's just thought I'd throw that out there. Little plug, that's, little that's plug. All right, sorry, here we are. All right. So this is like Jeopardy. All right. All right, Dane. Most, yeah. most Boston Go. place. I think I would do mine live from Kelly's Roast Beef in Revere. Oh, on the beach? Oh. oh. Dane, you just started on, a whole on, discussion. On that, on that roof. I would just be oh. right in front of the Kelly sign standing there. With the... That's like the equivalent of the Beatles playing on top of Apple Records. It's like either, Dane Cook on the, on the roof of Kelly's. Either yeah. the roof, ready? Either the roof of Kelly's or shut down root, root uh, uh, in Saugus, right in front of the Kowloon. Um, uh, is it Route 9? You can't fucking have two guesses, because that was mine. <laughs> You're going to say Kowloon? <laughs> yes, I was going to say Kowloon. <laughs> Josh, you got one yet, or do you want me to go? Well, yeah, I was I, I was actually going to say Route 1 in Saugus, southbound, but, you know, <laughs> just right <laughs> in the, <laughs> right in the I, road, southbound. I, I think I'd, I'd rent a, um, I'd rent a, a tractor trailer, and then I'd get onto Storo Drive and I'd ram <laughs> that thing under a bridge. And while traffic Jesus was stopped, Christ. I'd get out on top of it and do a quick five minutes. <laughs> I, think I, I think I want to vote up for yours. I think that's my vote. <laughs> no, you got you got to go Storo Drive. Remember where the reverse the curse sign was? That's where you jam the truck up. There. <laughs> they took that down after the 2004 World Series, but the yeah. whole reverse the cur reverse curve, they had the reverse the curse. You take your truck and shove that fucking thing in there, and everybody coming southbound has to look at you and go, hey, yeah. I'm here. I'm doing yeah. the BK Lounge. Suck my dick. My father's robe was this long. Eat my dick. I'm Dane Cook. I'll see you over at the fucking Wang Center tomorrow night. Good night. And you jump off the truck and run it. And then, no, no, dive into the Charles River. Don't die. And swim up to Fenway Park. <laughs> I think I, I think Dane nailed it with, with the roast beef place where where to film. Oh my God, you win! You win. Is is there any kind of like food place that you have to visit when you come back home that it's like you, you can't really get it out in L.A. or are you just like food is food? Feel it feels well, like over the years every time I come back there, places just disappear. It was like wait, where's Friendlies? 
right? Oh, well, right. Oh. Yeah. yeah. You know, shit just gets fucking knocked off. But I think that I still, I mean, I still like to hit Kowloon. I still, you yes. know. Yes. They're closing, my, dude. I know. What? I know. Yeah. You know that, Mike. I did like an article with the Boston Globe called me randomly. They're like, I thought it was a joke. They're like, hey, can we talk to you about the Kowloon closing? And I was like, ha yeah, no, that's not happening. But no, apparently the, Wong fam- the Wong family has literally, I think, I think uh, the Mr. and Mrs. Wong are in their 80s and they're probably, the amount of property they have. Yeah. If you think about the parking lot alone, Jesus Christ, someone came in and finally went, folks, how are you? Right. Been doing great. I can only imagine the multi millions of dollars, and they went. You know what? Right. Thank you. Thank you. We're good. I think right. I, th- I. I don't know the, the close date, but that is, that's like the closing of fucking. Um, what was the steak place down the street? Hilltop. It was the, the hilltop. hilltop. What yeah, the, the fuck? Hilltop. That yeah. would have been a great place to do stand. Yes. Like in the, yeah, with the, with the cows that everybody yeah, tried right. to steal. Dude, and anybody that went in. <laughs> Sioux City party of five. I know, do it Sioux in City. Sioux City. Yeah. Sioux City party of five. <laughs> and to ha- and to have and to have Dane Cook go up and announce that your table's ready. Sioux City party of five. So let me tell you about my father's role. <laughs> the fucking thing came down by his thigh, who, and I who, saw his entire fucking luggage. Who who did they sell to? Do who? Uh, who? Calhoun? I don't yeah. know. Dude, that's Dane. How dude, many of your your t- Twitter watchers right now have no idea what we're talking about? That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, think, it, I, think, I think we're with a regional audience at this point, but people sorry, are having a great sorry, time. We're getting a lot sorry of sorry about that. Sorry. We're, we're, yeah, yeah. We t- we went deep cuts on that one, but that's okay. <laughs> if they if they close down Kowloon and they put up a fucking Walgreens, um, I'm sorry. I don't it care. It won't be a Walgreens. Listening. Think about this. They're they're gonna level that parking lot. That shit's gonna be condominiums. Oh yeah, that's perfect. That's, yeah. That uh, parking lot um, off of the highway, you had to enter that parking lot at 85 miles an hour. (laughs) And And then you go up the hill. And then you you had to exit that parking lot at 95 miles an hour or you were fucking dead. Dude, when you would enter the parking lot in later years, you would have to not try to hit the Bank of America kiosk, which is right in the middle. I'll I'll tell you what I said. (laughs) <laughs> literally literally a thousand times leaving the Kowloon after gigs ready as I'm rocketing onto the highway to my girlfriend or my family member or whoever I would say this ready hold on to the food and then yes. yeah make sure the duck sauce doesn't go all right. over the fucking carpet that's my payment for tonight right and I'll tell you what if you that's left there payment. and you thought for a second you were going to go to the golden banana you better bolt and then cut a hard right again. The golden banana. The golden <laughs> banana. I haven't heard that in years. Oh, my God. And you're welcome. Oh, my God. Then <laughs> swing over to building 19 and 7 eighths. Jesus. I think they finally closed that. In, that was it. Yeah, there's none of those Ooh. left. I'm yeah. sure I know. I know. Well, well, well during sucks. the past two years, it's crazy because I'm, I'm over here on the North Shore and coming back. That, that building used to be building 19 and 7 eighths. It was a COVID testing place for, like, months. And I'm like... I'm not going in that fucking building for shit. Yeah, that's what all the the Sears turned into. Yeah, they, the uh, the hour that you're doing for the last time live at the yeah. theater, um, <clears throat> is that what what can people expect? Because you you used to be very physical in in your act, and then you kind of evolved, and there was less physical stuff. Um, 
you know, it's, you it's still as physical and energetic. It isn't just to a place where I'm going to slip nine discs. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it, you're 50. It's not, but, but the reality is it's, it's more honed as you get, you know, further down the line in stand up. What you're hoping is you can rely more on many multitudes of storytelling types, you know, all the tools in the arsenal, as opposed to just relying on sometimes the, the, the physicality, which early in your career, very bombastic, was a lot of fun. But I, you know, I threw myself off a of stage one time in like 98. And I was like, it's time to grow the fuck up, kid. <laughs> no punchline is worth, uh, you know, you know, breaking your ankle or whatever was happening back then. Did you, but, did you do that at fucking Kowloon? Because all you were getting painted was rice. Like, really? The fuck? There was a, there was a lot of great uh, um, slapstick early in that standout. But truly, yeah. you, if you've seen the act, you know, uh, in the last few years, I think it's as energetic it's just not, um, there's nothing that's in there that uh, is superfluous for the sake of just throwing the body around without it being funny regardless, you know? So that's what I'm proudest of is that it has evolved to where I'm never going to be a standstill, you know, guy. I love moving around. You watch, like, you'll watch Chris Rock. When I watch him local, he kind of, he'll stand and deliver because he likes to try out his material with no you know, character with me, I always love to kind of, you know, stalk the stage and, you know, I get up there. I love it, man. It's just love of the game. And so it's still an energetic show, but yeah, I'm not going to end up in a wheelchair at the end of it. Well, you're a You're 50 now. So if you go down, you might not come back up. That's the problem. You know what I mean? I mean, you're going to have to have a hip replacement or something. And no, no, no. I take care of myself. I'm actually right after this. I'm in my, I'm going to my girlfriend's uh, Pilates class. So I trust me, I'm staying in the best shape of my week. (laughs) Of your week, of your week. Hey, you mentioned, you mentioned Chris Rock. Talk about the slap. What are your thoughts on that? Um, that I I thought it was just, you know, we've, uh, we've talked about it to death, of course, but it's like, it just was so ridiculous, unnecessary. And I felt, uh, you know, he was humiliated on live television. You know, it's like, uh, but there's nobody that I look forward to more hearing his rebuttal when he's ready to, mm-hmm. you know, talk about it on stage or wherever than Chris. I, I, I know Chris and I know he's going to make it tremendously funny, but that was that was pretty lame. I like I like the fact I don't like the fact that it happened. I thought it was so fucked up and I'm sure a, pun, a bunch of people did. The fact that it happened. He composed himself. Yeah. He continued on and didn't say a fucking word. Well, he's in at shock. This, at this yeah, point. Yeah. But, at, but, at, but at this point, as you go weeks, the hardest thing these days, look at what you're talking about. We're on Twitter. We're on this. We're on, everybody's got a fucking comment. This man, something happened to him that was, as you right. said, very humiliating. He stood his fucking ground. And guess what? I'm not going to talk about it right now because it's not time. And he will say something funny, but it's also pretty fucking serious and good for him. He's a, he's for just, a pro, man. Right. Yeah, good for absolutely. him for shutting the fuck up and that was letting... the ultimate pro moment that you could, you could, I couldn't believe it. I don't know if I could have done that. I don't know. Most people uh, could have handled it with that level of composure, but it still was like, man, you know, you did want to see the, 
the side of Chris that could verbally eviscerate somebody for right. doing that. He kept it so composed. So I, I can't wait to see how he acknowledges it when he's ready to put the funny on well, there. Even, even going to the Wilbur. He went to the Wilbur and did shows and still right. said, it's not time for this. Right. People came and said, fuck Will Smith. And he's like, uh -uh, don't. Right. It was like three days later. So he, he was oh. probably still trying to figure it out. Well, yeah. and now and now we're weeks into it, and it's it's not the biggest thing that ever happened, but it's something that should be addressed. And you know, I think I think the smartest thing, and it's so hard to do, is not say anything. Just leave it alone. Well, I think I think what Chris Rock is doing, because immediately when it happened, I, I could tell his comedy brain started moving. You could see in his eyes he was already writing like, right. <laughs> yeah. what the hell just right. happened? How, how yeah. am I going to handle this right now? And right. But he, he knew he couldn't say in that moment the way Chris Rock would like to probably, you know, reply right. to that. So I can't well, wait to the, see what he finally does. Let I, the I, rest of the world talk. And, and, and when you do a moment like that and you don't say stuff, the rest of the world says your name and he's going to benefit from just oh. keep, keep talking, keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. Thank you very much. And when it's as, my if, time as if Chris Rock needed more cementing for <laughs> what he's contributed to stand up over really? and over, you know, yeah. he's, he's going to be not only just fine, but if anything, it's more endearing that this guy had to endure something so fucking you know, unbelievable. But I, I truly can't wait to see him local. When I know he's back, I'll be at the club to kind of get an eye on what he's going to do. Right. Yeah. So. What, Dane, have you been in a, a, a moment that you can compare to that? I mean, maybe not necessarily in front of shock you know, value, 50 million people on television, but in a, in a situation where it's like, what do I do here? You know, it, it all, it all kind of centers on how I react to this right now. Probably, probably not in that. No, not in that way. Not in, not in something that was so, you know, um, like just a hard left to where you're like, what do I do now? I've had, I've had thing. I've had a couple of altercations over the years, especially when I first was doing standup. I, I got in a, a fist fight on stage one time outside of somewhere outside of Nashville, but just, you know, nothing that was nothing that was so major or that, uh, you know, stuck with me for years to come. Like, like, obviously this will be a part of the rest of Chris's life. You know, this will be, you know, uh, talked about for the rest of his career. Now, uh, I think the person who really humiliate got humiliated there was Will Smith. Oh, uh, I know, I know Chris Rock got the, you know, he was physically assaulted but i think it was will smith can't recover from this chris rock will you know like you just talked about he'll go on he'll he'll make gold out of this somehow but i mean will, listen will there is, is there is one i always look at there is one if you want to call it a path back or new normal there is one thing that could happen that that would be like somewhat of a you call it a healing moment but if they did something together if they chose to do something at some point uh, somehow like for a, a charity event or for an interview or like that could, cause if Chris forgives them and then they're together, I guess you kind of look at that and go, okay, there's a path forward from that. But I, I think the, that where Will Smith is at right now is uh, certainly the lowest moment of his, his life and career. I don't know if he can come back from it, but. Which is crazy because it happened during a really high point in his career. Mm. It's it's pretty crazy. It was just yeah. like the low the point and, and then like a kind, I guess it ruined the high point. So, because right. it happened afterwards. Right. But yeah, right. It, ruined, it ruined a few people's high points, unfortunately.
Yeah. Yeah, it definitely, uh, you know, impeded on what was, you know, listen, the, the night and the show and, you know, award ceremonies in general, you know, sometimes you, not to get in the weeds with it, but like, you know, how necessary and how much self-congratulations, like I'm a comic, right? So it's, there really is no, even though there are awards and rewards, the reality is you, the reality is you live joke to joke, you live show to show, and you're always trying to like uh, put something fresh out there. And there isn't a lot of self-congratulation because by the time you're saying, look, I did it, you're bombing two nights later. I, I think that when you watch something like that, if nothing else, you just want to celebrate the hard work of all the people behind even the performances that go into making something. It's almost impossible to get anything unique made in this town. Mm. It is so fucking hard. I'm so fortunate and love stand-up because at least I can go on any night and, sh and make something up, share something without it being, you know, stopped in, in, uh, or, or more um, people coming in and having a say or FCC or standards and practice, whatever it might be. So the fact that anything gets made for that reason, I like seeing people have that moment of reveling in their creativity. But for the rest of it, I think that the rest of, you know, America and the world kind of looks a little bit like an award ceremony, like, okay, all right, we get it. You, you, you made a movie. <laughs> right. It was a lot of fun. We liked it. Yeah. We're the Avengers. <laughs> right. Yeah. The only reason why I watched the Oscars and they ruined this for a few years is just because they'd show parts of the movies. You know, and they, they've kind of gotten back to that. But for a while, they were just kind of showing little bits of the trailer and stuff. I'm like, no, right. show the scenes that really nailed it for these people. That's what I wanted to see. They should right, just right. do that. Just show scenes during the the movies or something. And that way, it'll I don't know. Nobody will get slapped, I guess, yeah. if that happens. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, again, it's everything that kind of came from that. I'm sure that next year more people will be watching, though, just to go like, I wonder if anything else fucked up is going to happen. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. They're gonna it have a line be a of like, for them. They're gonna have a line of guys with yellow security shirts standing in front of they the did, stage. Probably they just have they just have Logan Paul in the audience next year, and <laughs> <laughs> and you're sitting there going, "Why would they invite him? What's going to happen?" <laughs> that was that was the first year I think I heard somebody say that was the first year that they kind of because you saw the the clear path, you know, from a seat to the performers. They right. kind of relaxed the, you know, advance because you don't think that somebody, you don't think the peers of that level are going to get up and do something fucked up like that. So right. now they're going to have to rethink the whole, it's just. It, well, maybe they'll get more viewers. Maybe that's how they should do it. All the nominees should that, get in, into the octagon. That, lay, that layout that you just described reminded me of the old booze cruises that I used to perform at, <laughs> where you were just equal level with everybody just getting hammered. And you were just standing right at the fucking, you know, starboard side of the Lido deck as everybody was just pounding. <laughs> they could walk up and be like, your comedy sucks. They would, they, no, you know what they do? They would come up and randomly... Some dude would put his arm around you and go, this guy, and then just go back out and drink. <laughs> and that's what we're going to miss about Kowloon. And, and you'd never see a fucking whale, by the way. You ever notice that? What booze, oh what whale watch did you ever actually see a fucking whale? I saw yeah. whales. I saw whales on a whale watch. Yeah. It yeah was awesome. You were drunk. No, no, I wasn't. There was no, there were kids. It was Mike Shue does a lot of weed. They don't. Okay. All right. I, I may have had some weed before I got on the boat. All right. That could have been junk. I don't know. I don't know. So, Dane, right. I, <clears throat> Dane I, I have two words for you. Two words. Nothing fight. 
nothing fight game changing bit in my career early career that that bit i i was actually going to bring that up that and like the walgreens bit oh. because i it's been a while since like i heard those specials and when they came out i was maybe like young high school like eighth grade maybe and they were hilarious but i think they were hilarious for a different reason and then going back i was picking up on stuff i didn't even remember or i didn't get as a kid so it's, it's kind of cool to like because i i had never been in a nothing fight and now i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> well, you know, it was is... cool it was like that was like a bit where there was two levels it was like if you liked the energy and the performance and the silliness and absurdity great but also i was hoping that like yeah it would, it would ping you to where years later you could be like oh even the shit that i was saying was relatable and you're like oh wait beyond just the the antics th that's exactly the way things go down sometimes when you're in what i was calling a nothing fight so i'm glad that bit that bit was one of the bits that got me on my first hbo special because when they came down and got and saw my show the producers were like can you can you expand upon that bit and so a lot of it was really built around that piece and that it's was cool, dude, it's that cool was to so see good. like how the the it's it's kind of survived time too, where all the the bits are like it doesn't matter what year you listen to this special. It's like ordering wrong at the the fast food. Like that's funny any any time. <laughs> yeah. Anything, any anything, anywhere. The first time I heard the nothing fight bit, I just laughed because it doesn't matter if you're literally that can that can transcend across any relationship male right. female friends just the bitching and moaning about did you not get this did you not understand that the fucking i said this i thought you were going to get the fucking car keys the, pe the, the one the one that stuck out in my head um i don't even remember when the fuck i heard this but it was it was the whole like we're going into a game or something and you should bring your jacket or whatever. I can't remember what it was exactly, but it was just like, didn't bring your fucking jacket. Right. Like just, just bring your fucking jacket to the thing. Yeah. Why? Because if you don't bring your fucking jacket, I'm going to have to fucking miss the, you know, the starting <laughs> fucking line. I'm going to have to go back to the fucking car and get your fucking jacket. Would you just get your fucking jacket? And it's, but it's a fight about nothing. Right. And the one, the one that really stuck out in my head was the one where you fucking, are you going to do Dane's entire act too, Dane? No, but you would just so throw it back in his face right now. It's okay. No, he's doing it better than I could do it at this point. I don't, really, no. I don't even remember it. It's so good. The one where you're in the grocery store and you're, no, and, and you're, and you're, no, of course I will because it's fucking magic. And you, you're up an aisle over and you, and the way you depict the, you can't hear them, but you knew. And let me tell you this. You put Entiments out before Maniscalco did. Think Ent about that. Oh, Entiments? Oh, I didn't know Sebastian do a, did an Entiments shout yep. out. Listen to me and think about this. You <laughs> did, your bit was, was you went by dude. the Entiments aisle to go around the corner to hear these people that were having the nothing fight. Right. You stopped, you watched. At this point, you grabbed an Entiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> And you and you wanted to poke the motherfucker to say, yeah, I get that about the jelly. Get the fucking jelly, and you run away. <laughs> years later, years later, one of fucking Sebastian's best fucking I bits not, is. I did not know that. 
Oh, I'm 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 watching for you, kid. I did not know he did a he dropped the intimate. I mean, how do you he not dropped, want to drop the word intimate? It's funny every time, intimate. He but he dropped it when it was his classic bit about company. When company would come over yeah. back in the day, how does he say was, it? How did well, he say he, it though? He said everybody was super happy to come. No, over no, it's in that Sebastian voice. You got to give me yeah. a little bit of. How does he say it? Oh, so you know, you break out the yeah, company. <laughs> you got company. We got a, a dish of entomans. Those are for company. <laughs> and he would throw the fucking Italian accent. But I hear entomans, and I'm like, then I, I'm like, oh, he didn't. Oh, he didn't, he didn't slow it down and go. You give him the entomans. <laughs> Maybe like that. You didn't say move like, ahead. yeah, you gotta move on. And the men, you didn't do that shit. He may have, he may have, <laughs> but I give you credit for it first because your bit about fucking the nothing fight going around the corner. You're like, you literally talked about, I that's right, man. A scout call, I beat you to the punch on Antimans. <laughs> Don't you, you forget heard it, it, man? You heard it here <laughs> on Breaking the Ice. Dane Cook's got it first. <laughs> well, that's a Great bit. We're another, another another guy that you know. Talk about Sebastian, man. Saw that kid so many years in LA, just you know, chipping away, chipping away. And then it's kind of fun when you see somebody figure it out, and obviously their fans meet them in the middle, and they just you know, it's take Ooh. it to a, a whole nother level. When you're seeing that person two years before, and they're struggling to even get stage time, you know, it's 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 awesome to see some of the morning. gang that I came up with really finding that success is very fucking cool. Yeah, the gang you came up with, you're all doing arenas. <laughs> and like wow. back back when you were doing like the, the stadium tour, the arenas, that you, there wasn't really anybody else doing it. Like you were the only one doing that. Right. And now yeah. there's a, like a handful. It was, it was not, um, that there wasn't even really a, a, like a business strategy for that within standup. We had to use, I had to use like, Al Dotley was a great music tournament. Like everything about it was, was music. I had to almost enter into the music foray. And now, um, you know, the live nations of the world, now they know how to bake in those ticket sales and sometimes put the right people on the right shows together. And, and those uh, large scale gigs have kind of become big theaters. You know, those are like, those are part of a lot of people's tours now, even comics that maybe don't have the highest level of uh, notoriety are, are still doing pretty well on the arena circuit. Yeah, like if you don't want to do 18 nights in a row at the Wilbur, you do one night. <laughs> That's right. You could do it. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Now you're doing you're doing one night, and how do people get tickets for the Saturday night show, bro? Again, how do they? So, get so I threw the the link is on my uh, profile, my bio on Instagram. But if you just search me, you know Wang Theater Boston, it'll take you to Ticketmaster, or you can just go to Ticketmaster. And we released the last 350 tickets that are all kind of in that middle area where you were initially going to put a film crew, mm. and because I pulled them out. Now we've released those last few tickets. So grab them and come out and see the, the show of your life here. Nice. And, and nice. sorry to all your TikTok followers that had no idea when we got super, super local. I know. It's like we're speaking TikTok a different oh. language. Yeah. 
TikTok, everybody on TikTok, us. thank you for swinging. Oh, you got it, man. I hope we let's do this again. Next time I'm back in the region, I'll bring some fucking Kelly's by and we'll do a live kit. Yeah, Dude, yeah, let's do come it. Dude. Kelly's, come on. We'll go to Sullivan's for some hot dogs, kid. Yes. <laughs> and then Isaiah right. will break down your act to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I gotta say, Josh, thank you, man. Josh, you know, popped in on, on a few of my chats and stuff. And thank you for putting this together. I I, I appreciate it and uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. It's it's yeah, been you. Fun. it's been fun talking to you on those tw uh, Twitter Spaces or whatever the hell they're called. Yeah, man, those those are great. You know, it really is a chance to, you know me. I always like to, you know, pal around with the fans, and and uh, I don't like feeling so distant from the people You're that accessible. are wanting to come out and be there, a part of the show. So uh, join me in that. If people are listening, you could either TikTok Live, Twitter Spaces, or maybe I'll be back on uh, Breaking the Ice here with the fellas. Thank, Thank you. you. One one more thing, real quick, before we let you go. I just yeah. noticed this now. Is that the is that a Darth Vader mask? Is that yeah. from the movie? Is that yeah. like so, was that used in the movie? Oh my this, god! This this the prop house that made the one in the movie started a prop house where they were like, oh, we're going to make limited, uh, you know, limited edition versions. So they made twenty. And then that prop house went out of business. So I have one of the only 20 melted Darth Vader helmets. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty I, cool. I got to say. It's fucking heavy. Dude, if somebody, <laughs> broke, if somebody broke in here and was going to attack me, the first thing I'd grab and chuck is that fucking Vader mask. Yeah. Imagine how heavy the one from Spaceballs is. You, you know, it's heavy because it has the weight of the fucking dark side in it. <laughs> Dude, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta admit, I have a, I have a little bit of a chubby going when I just realized what that was. I was like, right? Shit, is that real? The wow, reality awesome, is, man. if I threw a Darth Vader mask at a fucking hooligan and killed him, to be able to say Darth Vader killed somebody right. trying to break into my home, that would be my Will Smith slapping Chris Rock story for you next time. <laughs> yes. Awesome. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank, hey, you, Dane. thank you, Dane. Hey, thank you. Good Saturday Good night, Wang, uh, Wang uh, Box Center, Wang Theater in Boston. Thanks a lot, man. You got it, fellas. All right, later.